Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. 149 is the KSL News Time. Do you remember a conversation you and I had a few uh, a few weeks ago? Early December, there was uh, something which has been called the, the Fauci effect. Now, who knows if that's the, the most appropriate term for it. I uh, am aware of some would-be medical students this year who have entered and approached the practice, not because of Dr. Fauci, but for other reasons. Uh, the, the Fauci effect, though, if you decide to use that term, is uh, defined loosely as the fascinatingly unique influx in students applying for medical school. Yeah, it's astounding. In the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, there has been uh, a, a remarkably, a remarkably high number of students applying to medical school for the upcoming 2021 academic year. Compared to years past, compared to like the standard, uh, you know, typical average number of students who apply to medical school, uh, the most recent crop of students applying for academic year 2021 is up by 18 percent. 18 percent. 18 percent. They call it the Fauci effect. All right. And in that conversation we had earlier this month. Dr. Fauci addressed that. He was interviewed by NPR, uh, and they asked him, Hey, Dr. Fauci, what do you think about this uh, Fauci effect and your name being attributed to this 18% jump in young people applying to medical school? Here's what he had to say. If it works to get more young individuals into medical school, go ahead and use my name. Be my guest. (laughs) Rather than the Fauci effect, it's the effect of a physician who is trying to and hopefully succeeding and having an important impact on individuals' health as well as on global health. Yeah. I, I appreciate that attitude. It's like, hey, listen, uh, you don't blame me for it, but you know what? If, if my name and my work is having some sort of positive impact on things, go ahead, use it as you will. Humility and pragma- uh, pra- pragmatism there, uh, I suppose. So when we talked about this the first time, we also included uh, a few other interesting little uh, tidbits, other effects that had been witnessed in history. Two, most notably, one was the Navy's remarkable influx of applicants uh, and those de- uh, approaching the Navy desirous to become naval aviators following the release of Top Gun, the first one, Top Gun, with uh, the next installment of uh, that great movie coming up here w- w- sometime 
I don't know. You have to tune in later in the week for the movie show uh, to hear if they if they know when or maybe they've already announced it. I don't know about movies. That's not my lane. Uh, but sometime soon, uh, we should have the the sequel to to Top Gun, and uh, I'll be anxiously following the recruitment numbers within Naval Aviation to see if uh, part two of that installment has a similar effect. Top Gun effect. And another one, uh, a more somber moment in history was the military seeing a remarkably high spike in enlistment uh, and those seeking a commission as officers in the military after the attacks of 9-11. This most recent uh, uh, phenomenon the Fauci effect, 18% uh, increase in those uh, students applying to medical school for the academic year 2021. Now, uh, that is all background. That is all uh, behind us. That is all something we already knew. And I present it to you uh, just to be able to contrast uh, some unfortunate and startling data uh, that was just brought to my attention earlier this morning, as a matter of fact. It has to do uh, with with burnout and it has to do with business complications, and it has to do with the practices of doctors around this country uh, closing down in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. Let's start with the burnout side of things. Time gathered uh, clips from healthcare workers. Time magazine uh, gathered clips from healthcare workers that are just simply exhausted. Months into the COVID-19 pandemic with cases and hospitalizations surging across the country, healthcare workers are getting burnt out both mentally and physically. Here's that, uh, here's that, that montage of words spoken by healthcare workers. Within my hospital, quite a few of the nurses quit. A lot of nurses are burnt out. I have access to hundreds thousands of nurses on social media, countless comments, countless messages telling me I want to leave the bedside. I don't know why I chose this. Like, I'm so tired. I feel exhausted. I don't know what to do. I've definitely had colleagues that have retired early, um, others considering part-time work and just reevaluating their priorities. That burnout is experienced also by doctors. You heard many nurses there talking, but the burnout experienced by uh, doctors is there as well. And it, in part, is contributing to something akin to a mass exodus of doctors. That burnout is uh, prompting certain doctors to either retire early or consider a new line of work. It's also having a dramatic impact on the private practices of doctors around the country. Get this. Uh, now, if you remember, the, the first statistic on the med school application side was that there was an 18% uptick. That's very good, an 18% uptick. Now, it's it's not exactly comparing apples to apples here, but uh, as you move over onto the outgoing side of things, the outgoing doctors who have for uh, you know years and years in some cases maintained private practices, 8% of U.S. doctors are closing their practice because of COVID-19. A survey recently conducted by Physicians Foundation shows that 8% of doctors. Now, what does that mean? What is 8% in terms of uh, real-world numbers? It translates to roughly 16,000 fewer practices nationwide. 16,000 fewer practices nationwide. 
It's stunning. And these these uh, you know independently operated uh, clinics and private practices by uh, so many doctors they address uh, you know so many uh, very important needs, medical needs. And they're on their way out. Why? Well, because the impact of COVID-19 has been so damaging to their business model. How? Well, many people who used to be you know, very routine and diligent about their routine medical care, those who uh, diligently received the elective examinations, the preventative care, if you will, they look around and see and have seen over this past year that, oh, shoot, you know what? If I step outside, you know, I'm going to be at greater risk of the uh, coronavirus. And that word elective, that doesn't help either. Elective uh, may mean that it's not crucial. Well, sometimes the elective stuff is crucial. If you can remember earlier in the pandemic, we would frequently speak with Dr. Stephen Mobley. And one of the big points that he uh, shared here repeatedly on the program was that some of the uh, preventative exams, things like uh, prostate exams, colonoscopies, mammograms, all those uh, important preventative measures or evaluative measures at least, which can, to a certain degree, uh, detect life-ending cancers. Some of the decisions made by many across this country have been to forego those evaluations, some of it by personal choice and some of it uh, by edict from on high. Now, we're not in that circumstance now, but there was a period when elective procedures were uh, off the table for a time. Various hospitals uh, had made the decision that they needed to, in an effort to mitigate spread, uh, you know, more, uh, more wisely marshal resources, what have you. Some of those elective procedures uh, went by the wayside, and some of them were offered in private practice. And because of that slowdown, and maybe this is a a business lesson, maybe they ought to work on their margins and how uh, comfortable they are getting close to the edge. Who knows? That's a conversation for another day. The conversation for today, though, is that there are certain realities, and it is that 16,000 medical practices have closed down in 2020. That represents an 8% reduction in the number of doctors practicing today. I hope and pray, and again, it's not apples to apples, but I hope and pray that that lesson learned of earlier this year, the Fauci effect, or whatever it is you want to call it, the 18% uptick in young people being inspired by what they are seeing around them, being inspired by those medical professionals who have stepped up, who operate daily on the front lines, who have those uh, the scars and the indentations across the bridge of their nose from the, from the PPE. Those sacrifices are inspiring. And there is a fresh crop of young people willing to get into the mix of that. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully that makes up for what we're, lo- what we're losing. Quick break. When we return, we're talking about the new spike in Britain. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. 
You can binge all of the episodes of Hope and Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.